For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Deshoma. You're listening to Daybreak. Happy New Year. At The Daily Princetonian, a new year means new leadership. Today, we introduce you to the upper management of the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. It's Sunday, January 1st. Today, the 147th Managing Board begins its term. So, who is upper management, what do they do, and how does their work impact what you hear and read from the Prince? Daybreak sat down with all six of them to find out. My name is Rohit Narayanan. I am in the class of 2024, and I study electrical and computer engineering. I'm Hope Perry. I'm in the class of 2024, and I'm a classics concentrator. My name is Catherine Daly. I am a junior in the SPIA department. I am Julia Nguyen. I'm a class of 2024, and I am concentrating in psychology on the pre-med track. My name is Kalina Blake. I'm in the class of 2024. I'm a SPIA major. I'm Angel Kuo. I'm in the class of 2024, and I'm concentrating in neuroscience. These six members of the class of 2024 make up the upper management of the 147th board. Over the next year, they will lead over 300 student writers, photographers, artists, designers, and more to produce content for the Princeton community. But each of them have a different role. Narayanan will serve as editor-in-chief at the top of the masthead. He was elected by the staff of the Prince on December 3rd, 2022, after six hours of deliberation. Here's him explaining the job. The editor-in-chief serves as the final voice on all editorial decisions at the Daily Princetonian, and my role in that is just making sure that all of our content meets our editorial standards, that all of the journalists at our organization feel empowered to seek out hard stories and to really investigate and, and invest time in this organization and tell powerful stories. The other members of the team work to support the Editor-in-Chief, or EIC. Two managing editors will serve in specialized roles, Perry as managing editor for personnel, and Daly as managing editor for content. Here they are explaining those roles. What a managing editor typically does is edit pieces, but a managing editor for personnel on top of assisting in that process, um, my job is also to manage all of the people. It's really important that not only are we people focused in like the type of reporting that we do, but also in making sure that people feel taken care of by our organization. I'm going to be working with a lot of the different section heads to make sure that we're diversifying our coverage in a lot of ways, making sure that we're covering underrepresented communities more comprehensively than we have in the past, helping out with investigations, making sure that long-term pieces don't fall through the cracks, making sure that our editors in every section have the support that they need to get out the really quality coverage that I know all of the section heads are going to be working on throughout the year. Nguyen and Blake will also serve as managing editors. Kuo's role as art director is new. Here's him explaining the role. My role as art director is going to be kind of like making more of like the visual content from sections of the prints show up on the website and in the print. We want more media to come from within the prints because I was tracking the statistics of how many of the photos in the print issue were from the photo team and it was always between like 20 to 40 percent and then I went up to Rohit when he was running for EIC and I said would we find it acceptable if 20 to 40 percent of the pieces in the prints were from the prints and everything else was outsourced so I'm just gonna be raising that statistic. Each member of upper management comes from different backgrounds and sections at the prints. 
So I started off as a writer for the podcast section, writing our daily news podcast, Daybreak. That was my freshman fall. And I took over as the head podcast editor in um, sophomore spring. I've also written for news and I've also contributed to the prospect and to sports, but my main home has always been the podcast section. I, I joined on a bit of a whim. I joined the news section because I had like sort of written for my high school newspaper, but like never done like real journalism before. I got really involved that semester because there wasn't much else to do, quite honestly. I started writing a ton. I really fell in love with it. The next year after that, I was an assistant news editor. And then this past year, I've been serving as one of the two head news editors. I joined as both a news writer and a sports writer, but it was a weird period for sports just because there weren't any games and stuff happening. So we were kind of exploring different options with what kind of articles we were doing. And sophomore year, I was still in sports. And then sophomore spring, I became head editor of sports with Wilson. So Wilson and I have been working on the 146 sport together as sports heads. My home has been the news section for the past two years at the Prince. In the last board, I served as an associate news editor. I joined sophomore fall. Sophomore spring, I applied to be an associate photo editor, and I've been in that role since. Starting one year ago today, I started serving as the community opinion editor. This was a position really focused on engaging the community that we serve and producing good pieces of content, guest contributions, and letters to the editor on the opinion side. Over the course of the past year, we've published a lot of very high-impact pieces. But for the most part, their starts to the Prince are all bonded by the troubles of one shared experience. I joined the Prince the fall of my freshman year during COVID actually. This was the Zoom semester when we were all off campus. We were totally virtual because of the COVID pandemic. We were off campus. That was during COVID. It was all virtual. I didn't join freshman year because it was during COVID. Knowing that I wanted to do photo, I was like, I can't really take photos for the school newspaper if I'm not even on campus. Except maybe for Rohit. I joined the Prince in the middle of my freshman year. I had tried to join earlier. Um, I was not accepted the first time. Everyone on Upper Management has contributed to some of the most interesting and meaningful work published in the Prince's pages. We got a few stories behind the pieces they're most proud of. I think it's definitely going to be the piece I did on the Swim and Dive team. The project wasn't supposed to be that big, but I knew about the controversy, you know, back in the spring, but I wasn't in tune to what the swim team was doing. But I, you know, was hearing a lot of the conversations on national news, just between like universities, the Ivy League and such. In the, in June, I read a New York Times article that, you know, was talking about the FINA ruling that had just come out. And then I ended up interviewing Griffin and I had a really good conversation with them and they kind of just provided me with more context on everything that was happening with the swim team, with the FINA ruling. So it became a much bigger project that I took on throughout the summer up until December. I guess one thing that I did this past year that I was incredibly proud of, not in the news section, but as part of our queerness issue, I published a self-essay about like coming out. It was, you know, kind of really impactful in my personal life. Publishing that essay, I came out to a lot of my extended family like that. And I think it was just something that was really powerful to me that I was able to be so open, both at Princeton, but especially within the Prince has just like, I have found such a community of people. Definitely my favorite thing that I've ever done was me and Wilson Kahn, who is a co-head sports editor here at the Prince. And 
uh, someone who graduated who was um, in charge of me at the podcast section at the time, the three of us decided to travel to Dartmouth during the football season. We drove all the way to New Hampshire in November, and we stayed in this little motel, the three of us, and it was so cold, and it was dark and windy, and we lost the game terribly, but it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had. One piece I was really grateful to work on, honestly, was this November, we had a piece from a graduate student who was sharing her experience with the Title IX process and some of the ways that that process really failed to to give her the support that she needed. I think that I've been really glad to see that we have covered this particular issue from so many different angles over the course of the past year. And I think that our readers should expect to see more from us on that front as we go forward. You can find all of the pieces mentioned in the show notes. We also ask upper management what they get up to outside of the prints. I'm not in the newsroom. I am a part of uh, Jewish life on campus. So I am a part of Koach, which is the conservative Jewish community on campus. I'm the programming chair on the board. The other thing that I do, this is not a club or in any way organized, but I really enjoy studying medieval manuscripts. I'm kind of just really focused on my classes. My class schedule has not been friendly to me. (laughs) I'm also in Tiger Inn. Um, I joined my sophomore spring and I love the people that I've met there and the friends that I've made there. I'm a peer academic advisor for New College West, which is really fun. I really like being able to be there for my Zs. I got into embroidery over the summer, so I've been doing a little bit of that. Also, just like hanging out in my dorm room and watching TV with my roommates is like most likely if I'm not like going to class or eating or at the Prince, I am like at home watching TV. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is to me, the Prince has always been the thing that I've enjoyed most outside of classes. I'm an engineer by training and vocation, and writing has always really been my way to express myself in a different way. So my camera was actually my birthday gift for my 15th birthday. Um, My mom's side of the family is Mexican, and they usually have like a big party when they're 15 for for the girls. It's called a quinceanera, but I wasn't going to have one because I'm a, a boy. So my grandma was like, oh, since you're not going to have one and like I can't buy you like the dress, which is usually really expensive. She was like, I want to buy you something of the same price. So she got me a camera. I've been doing that since I was 15. And I like to cook and bake a lot. That's literally what I've been doing when I have been at home during winter break is like baking. And I also take care of plants. I have like 70 house plants in my room right now. And then I I only have five at Princeton, though, because I don't think I could... I wouldn't be able to keep them alive with like how long our breaks are. I'm actually on the rowing team at Princeton. I'm on the lightweight rowing team, but that's been really like an important part of my college experience as well. Other than rowing, I also work with the matriculate program at Princeton, which is pairs college students with high achieving, low income students and helps them through the, the college process. And then I also work with the PD Green program, which is a program which allows for college students to tutor prison inmates. With a full year ahead of them, we asked each member of upper management to name one goal they hope to accomplish by the end of their term. One of my jobs as the managing editor for personnel is to serve on our diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging committee. And for me, a huge goal is to start working in a really meaningful way to making the Prince a place that feels 
more welcoming to people of any background. I think there's so much we can grow on, but if I had to narrow it down to one goal, I just want to make sure that we are really covering campus the way students see it. A year from now, I'd really love to say that every aspect of campus that we can, we made the time, we invested in getting to know the people who make that part of campus vibrant and alive and writing the stories that are actually important to them, not just necessarily the stories that we're projecting onto them. It's really a challenge in in empathy for all of us, but I have no doubt that the talented staff at the Daily Princetonian can meet the challenge. I think there's a bit of a culture at the Prince, I think also just at Princeton, and frankly, in general, there's a hesitancy to admit when we're doing something wrong, which I think is totally natural, but I think it's really important at the Prince that we are able to acknowledge when we do mess up and to make sure that that doesn't happen again. I know there's a lot of communities at Princeton that don't have trust in the Prince, and, you know, understandably so, they've been failed in the past by us as an organization, but I think really working to build the foundations of that trust back. I think it's going to be getting to know the Princeton community a lot better, but also getting to know the stories behind each, you know, person that sets foot on this campus and knowing their perspective and what they have to say. So my goal is to uplift those voices that I probably would have never heard had I not stepped into the newsroom. I want there to be more collaboration between my artistic sections and the other sections. I feel like a lot of the times, if you look at a newspaper, having big chunks of text are very like daunting like you don't you think oh i don't have time to do that and sometimes it's the media that grabs people's attention i want to be able to look back at our board and say like the coverage that we did and the content we produced mattered to people both like within our community and alumni and people in the town and i want people to be able to look back and say like the work that the prince did accurately represented my time at Princeton and accurately represented what I thought were the big issues. Because at the end of the day, this is a college newspaper and we're a historical record and we're one of the only historical records. Finally, to leave us off, we asked everyone to tell us their favorite newsroom snack, a staple of newsroom culture since the return to in-person production. Oh, my newsroom snack of choice. Okay, this is, hmm. I really like when we have Milano's Yeah, I really like when we have Milano's because when I was a kid, my grandma used to have them. And so it's really nostalgic for me. And I love chocolate. Ooh, I really love when we get the Hint of Lime tortilla chips. They're my favorite. I'm a big fan of them. Also Cheez-Its. Okay, honestly, I haven't really been part of the snack culture in the newsroom. I always come with like a full stomach because I go right after dinner. But my personal favorite snack are Cheddar Jack Cheez-Its. I know people like the regular Cheez-Its, but if you like flavor, you have to try the Cheddar Jack Cheez-Its. I'm not always in the newsroom a lot. Like a lot of my stuff is kind of like asynchronous. So I'm like always scavenging whatever is left over. I'll usually make myself like an iced latte in my room when I'm like working on photo stuff. So I'm a big fan of Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, Bark Thins. For sure, the pretzel ones. That's that's like the easiest question you've asked, honestly. Like, no, no doubts about things. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by me, sound engineered by me, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Vitus LaRue, Brian Hondo, and Lena Kim contributed to reporting this episode. Our theme was composed by Ed Horn, Class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Deshoma. Have a wonderful day.